You're listening to audio from Holy Cross Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you'd like to check out more resources or learn about our ministry, please visit holycrosstucson.com. Mark 4, 1 through 12. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that you will give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to understand uh, your good news given to us through your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will be working in our hearts and uh, lead us to receive it in humility uh, with a desire to obey and to listen and to follow you in faith. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Holy Cross, and welcome to everyone who's joining us at home for home worship today. We continue in our teaching series through the Gospel of Mark called Jesus Says. And today's passage, we hear Jesus' strong command, both at the beginning of this passage and at the end, and that is the command to listen. Jesus says, listen, hear what he is saying. Uh, listening is required in the formation and maintenance of, of every healthy relationship. Can't be a good friend, a good spouse, a good coworker, a good neighbor without being a good listener. And it's also necessary for the formation and maintenance of our relationship with God. And so there's listening, there's normal listening that we, that we give ourselves to throughout the day. But then there's a listening to Jesus. This is a kind of hyper listening. It is this intent intently uh, focused and careful listening of his words. And those who hear his message, those who receive it and welcome it, uh, the result is this massive harvest of fruitfulness, of spiritual fruitfulness in their life. Jesus says the gospel has the power to come into our lives and to unleash the power of the kingdom of God and all of its purposes for us. Uh, Jesus does this through his parable. He teaches these stories. They're not real events that have happened, but they are, uh, he takes real-life situations in order to teach uh, an important and spiritual reality for us. He does this through the parable of the sower, who goes out to the field and scatters the seed across the field. And he tells us that Jesus and God is the sower, uh, the seed is the word of God, especially the, the gospel of the rescue 
through Jesus Christ that is broadcast and proclaimed to everyone. And then the soil represents the different kinds of people, the different conditions of people's hearts who hear the good news. In a way, through this parable, Jesus is teaching us how to listen to his word and how to listen to his word in such a way that goes beyond our own eardrums and all the way down into our hearts that changes and transforms us into people who love him, listen to him, obey him, and are transformed by his good news. That's what Jesus offers. That's what he's after. He's after a listening that isn't just a transfer of information, but a listening and a kind of listening that leads to transformation in our life. Jesus gives us insight to this kind of listening through teaching about four different kinds of soil. The three kinds of soil that doesn't lead to fruitfulness, and then a one kind of soil that leads to abundant, massive harvest of fruitfulness. The four kinds of listening, we could see them as four different kinds of listening, and these are the four kinds. The uninterested listener, the shallow listener, the divided listener, and then the welcoming listener. Let's look at these one at a time and maybe use these as a, a diagnostic as we go through these different kinds of listening to God's word and to Jesus. First is the uninterested listener. This is represented by the seed that is cast among the path. And the birds come along and they snatch up, they, they snatch up the seed. And it never, never even has a chance to take root, never never finds itself on good soil. Can you picture what the ground looks like here along the, the well-beaten path, along the, the path? It's hard, right? It's, it's, it's hardened by, the, by the, um, the sun. It's hard because it's been traveled on by thousands of people a day. The word of God goes out, but this kind of listener is the kind of person that is described in the first chapter of Romans. The, the kind of person that all they, though they know the word of God and they hear the word of God and it's plain to see, the person suppresses the word of God. They, they ignore it. They refuse to embrace it. They reject it. So instead of hearing God's word and responding to his gospel in faith and in obedience, this person hears God's word and dismisses it. I can't remember who said this, but I heard some great advice on, on listening to the word of God. simply goes this way. Don't put a but where God has put a therefore. So God reveals his word to us. He gives us his uh, commands. He says, therefore, do this, embrace this, live in this way, believe this, rest in this. But, and don't say, but it's really difficult to do that. But we are in love, but it makes financial sense to do it this way. Don't put a but where God says a therefore. Don't dismiss his words. Don't dismiss his commands. These listeners may be hostile to the gospel, but most often these kinds of listeners that Jesus is describing are just simply uninterested in what he has to say. It's not the main thing that they focus on. They focus on, on, on the advice of friends or family members, or uh, they listen much more to common a wisdom than the wisdom of God. This person has become hardened in their heart, like a hard path that's been baked by the sun. In one respect, uh, the, the, the path actually looks like a, a great place to find truth, doesn't it? 
uh, appears to be well-traveled, appears to be used by by many people, the masses. Uh, That's where everyone is going. That's where everyone is walking. It seems like that's the place that we should be walking as well. But the birds come along the path and they they snatch up the seed. Another way of, of saying this is if you're looking for a reason for God's word to seem unreasonable, you will always find it. If you're looking for a way out of of obeying God's word, there will always be a way out presented to us. The word of God desires to come along in our lives and transform us into the image of Christ, to take root in our hearts, to influence our dreams, our passions, our emotions, our habits. But the uninterested listener is the kind of person who doesn't want to be ruled by God. So when the word of God comes and is offered to them, they dismiss it. And before it ever gets a chance of of taking root in their heart and influencing their lives and and creating a harvest of spiritual fruit, it's gone just as as quickly as it's been presented. We don't want to be that kind of listener that dismisses God's word or is uninterested in it. But then there's a second kind of listener. This is This is a listener that can be described as the shallow listener. The shallow listener gets by on the scripture sound bites, the Christian pep talks, the motivational phrases. They don't have time for deep thinking. They don't have time for deep, thoughtful energy going into the riches of God's word. This person doesn't have time to sit down and ask questions like, well, what is God saying and how do I apply this to my life? This seed is cast along the the rocky ground, and it has immediate activity. It springs up quickly with great joy. There's a lot of spiritual activity for the people who are listening to God, but maybe listening only in a shallow way. Lots of spiritual activity. They maybe get involved in a life group. They find a church home. They begin to tithe. They, They serve their church community. They share their faith in the, in the grocery store uh, and wherever they go. But when something tragic happens, at the first sign of struggle that comes into this person's life, because there's no root, because there's, weak, there's a weak foundation, this person retreats or fall away, or as the scripture says, more literally, springs back, scorched by the sun, and withers because there is no strong foundation. You know, this is particularly frightening, this kind of listener, because this person here described is, is really a, a person who moves beyond just intellectual Christianity and appears to have had a, a, a movement towards faith, appears to have, have trusted in God and received the gospel message. It appears that this kind of seed has gone deep into the heart and brought about real transformation in the life. Appears to be, Jesus appears to be actually changing this person's life. But as soon as they begin to lose important things in their life, like comfort and success, they say things like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. And it shows, shows that their experience with the gospel was never really of substance. It never had strong, lasting uh, meaning, but it was shallow. It was superficial. It, was, it, it sprang up quickly with a lot of joy, but it also withered just as quickly when trouble came their way. 
They were excited to see what Jesus could do for them, but as soon as their life didn't match their expectations for how things should go, they abandoned it. Blaming circumstances, blaming God, blaming others for what was happening. You know, if you've you've been a Christian for a long time, there's no doubt that you have seen this happen. And in a way, this parable gives reason for why things happen in the world that we see with other people. You've seen people, maybe if you've been a Christian for a long time, you grew up in maybe a youth group or you grew up in church or uh, even a family member uh, that seemed to have walked with Jesus for a long period of time. But then things came into their life, difficult things. Uh, it seems like you've checked in with old classmates and they, they're not even walking with Jesus anymore. They have, they have walked away from his wisdom, from his truth, from the gospel altogether. They have taken a whole new path of life. And you wonder, how can a person, having, having once walked with Jesus and enjoyed the, the blessings of knowing him and relationship with him, seem to not even care about who he is or what he says? Maybe this is your story. Maybe you're joining us this morning and, and, and the joy of your relationship with God has gone away. You used to be a lot more enthusiastic about your faith, but now that joy has all but vanished completely. You've begun to, begun to make excuses for why Jesus' words are no more, no more the most relevant thing for you. They no more carry the same kind of weight that they once carried in your life. You have learned to become calloused to the words of God even though you once rejoiced and found hope in them. Here's the big question. When that happens, what happened? What happened? I often believe that what happens is what Jesus is describing in this second soil. It's the heart of a person who's genuinely enthusiastic about the joy and blessings of the gospel that are found in Jesus Christ. They, they genuinely acknowledge their sin but they have never transferred their trust from themselves to trust in Jesus. They always have one foot in the gospel and one foot in a control for their own life. And, 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 and when, the first, when they first respond to the gospel, they had joy in Christ, but they still held on to their own agenda for how their life would go. And as the distance between their expectations for how their life would go and what, G, what is described in, or what they expected uh, to happen and how it's described in Scripture, they became discouraged. They hoped that Jesus would save them from a life of sorrow, a life of difficulty, a life of loneliness. But when sorrow and difficulty and loneliness came into their life, they looked at God and said, your gospel is no longer good news to me. And they wander from it. It shows that they never had a strong root. That good news never took root. And as soon as the scorching sun came out, they withered away. The shallow listener might run to Jesus because they're looking for a blesser, not a rescuer not a savior. They wanted help in a time of need, but they didn't want salvation. They didn't want a Lord over their life. And as long as Jesus was good for them, they gave allegiance to him. They walked with him. They followed obediently. But as soon as Jesus was no longer good for them, they began to walk away. What is that person, that kind of listener, the shallow listener, what do they ultimately treasure? 
Well, it's not Jesus. It's the gifts of Jesus. It's the blessings of God. It's the life that they hoped for, and they hoped that Jesus could give them the life that they desired. This is a scary, the second one's a scary kind of listener. Do you find yourself in that place? Do you only follow Jesus to the extent that he gives you the life that you only hoped for? Or are you giving your life to him with no questions asked? Giving your life on the altar of his grace and saying, my life is yours. I transfer my my life and trust in my life to you no longer in what I can accomplish. But I give my life to you. There is the uninterested listener that gives no attention to God. There is also the shallow listener that only gives attention to the words of Christ that are pleasing and therefore they cannot understand the depth of the gospel and what it means to truly have a relationship with Jesus. But then there is another kind of listener, the third kind, the the divided listener. What happens here? Well, the divided listener is represented by the seed that was thrown among the thorns. It's easy to look at the first two soils and see what's happening there. We see these are, these are really not good things. It's not going well. There may be at best, there's a quick enthusiasm of uh, following Jesus, but it quickly uh, um, shrinks back. But here is really difficult because these, this seed actually takes root. This seed falls among uh, soil that seems to be healthy, and and it grows. The soil is good. They don't deny Jesus. Uh, They don't reject him. They don't listen to Jesus with a shallow uh, ear. They actually appear to be committed to Christ. They listen to his word. But they don't see the fruit in in their life that we see in the the fourth seed. Why not? Because they have divided loves. They have a divided heart. Plants in this garden we see get choked out by the thorns that grow alongside it. Two kingdoms growing together and eventually choked out by the kingdom of Satan, by the kingdom of wickedness. And it doesn't happen suddenly. Here is the warning for us, friends. The the, the choking that comes from the, the thorns of life never happen suddenly, but very slowly. The temptation of money and comfort and power and sex and personal glory never come like like a thief in the day with a sudden break through the door. It comes gradually. It comes secretly. It comes slowly. The dangers of, of the world are veiled with promises of a good life and a good fortune. Are you aware of the the temptations and the allure of of money and pleasure and personal glory and all the other appetites that that have the ability to to slowly uh, drift us away from listening to Jesus and following him? When weeds come into the garden and they slowly start to sprout alongside healthy flowers and vegetables and fruits, they are very non-threatening. And oftentimes, these weeds look like they have, they're just like the other fruits and vegetables and flowers. They look like life is beginning to sprout. They're being watered. They have good soil. And they look like they will just add to our harvest. 
but they mean harm. They seek our own death. Another characteristic of these thorns is that they often look like very good things. That's the nature of deceitful things. They're, they're good things in the wrong place. Money, sex, power, pleasure, entertainment, all good things designed by, and all God-ordained blessings. But good things become idols when our desire to be or to have or to feel become greater than our desire to know and follow Jesus. You see, Jesus says that the things of the thorns are the cares of the world. They're the deceitfulness of riches. And then he says they are desires for other things. What are the other things that Jesus doesn't mention? Well, they're anything. They're anything that takes the place of our trust in God. They're anything that promises it could give us the life that we desire to protect us, which really never have the ability to do so. What are the other things? How about comfort? How about health and safety? How about beauty and praise from others? How about likability? How about politics? Are these other things that promise to be for us the security in the here and now to give us the life that we desire? Jesus isn't rebuking a desire of all of these things. He is rebuking good things in the wrong place. You know what this kind of divided listening looks like? It's, it's, uh, you know what it's like, right? You're in a conversation with a person, and you're face-to-face. You're trying to listen to them and the story that they're telling, but you're also eavesdropping on a story that's happening or a conversation that's happening 15 feet away. And what happens when that happens? You actually lose both conversations. And Jesus says so much. He says, when you seek your own life, you lose your life, and you lose the life of the kingdom of God. But if you lose your life while giving it to God, you gain life with Him and you gain everything else. But when we desire to live a divided life, a a dual life, a split life, trying to love God and love the world, we actually lose both. But the person who loves, who seeks to love God and the world, this actually looks like the person who's doing very well in life. They're often successful. They're often uh, very uh, strong and faithful contributors in the life of the church. They're often great givers and great participants in in, in the fellowship of, of the body of Christ. And yet their heart is divided. They're not ultimately trusting in God. They have become enticed by the world. Jesus says, if we listen to him with divided ears, we will lose him and we will lose our life. Jesus is talking about worship. A life lived out in such a way that sings the praises of God, who glorifies God, whether we eat or drink or make money or engage in politics or in society, whatever we do. We are to do for the glory of God with a singular focus on a love for Him, following Him, listening to His words, even if it leads us into discomfort. Because we love God more than we love the pleasures that come from this world. This third soil has a a God complex. The God complex happens when we take a good desire, 
the desire to be loved or adored or to be wealthy or happy, and we turn it into an idolatrous desire and call it a need. I need to be happy. I need to be healthy. I need to be uh, um, in a good group of friends. I need to know the right answers. I need to be a good mother, a good father. I need to be a strong provider. And when those idols and cares of the world become a need, they become like thorns that choke us out and we never bear fruit that is pleasing to God. Now all of these soils ultimately lead us. They ultimately point to the fourth soil, represented here as the welcoming listener. Jesus says that this kind of listener is the one who hears his word and accepts it. And it's clear by his word choice that he doesn't mean just an intellectual uh, acceptance, but a a welcoming, an embrace, an ordering of our lives, an ordering of our loves a wholehearted adoption of his words into a trust and a way of life that is defined by us being people who listen to Jesus and his word above everything else. What is missing in the first three soils? Well, it's it's the transforming power of the gospel. They may have all the answers. They may hear the word of God. And to varying degrees, they even uh, listen to it and adhere to it and even follow it. But there is no changed life. There's no fruitfulness. There's no power that has erupted in their hearts. No doubt this this parable has caused us to consider and wonder in our own life. Or maybe even you're even thinking about people in your own life. Friends and family members and co-workers that fit into one of these three soils. But I encourage you to inspect your own heart. Maybe you even wonder, well, I wonder if I'm even saved at all. I don't believe that that is what this parable is about, to to, uh, create insecurity in our faith. But this parable is telling us how the gospel works and what it does and what we ought to see as our response to God's work in our life. You want to know what this parable is about? It's about the the powerful, gracious work of the gospel to bring about all of God's purposes in our life, in our heart, and in all of creation. Worship leader and author Bob Coughlin says, Our first responsibility as a Christian is not to consider what to give to God, but what to receive from Him. And to kind of invite you back from this dangerous place or application of this passage to begin to think, well, how can I be the good soil? How can I be the good listener? How can I be the right person so that the gospel will come to my life and bear the fruit that is pleasing to God? I don't want you to begin to think that way. Instead, we ought to think, how can I welcome the power and grace of God in my life? Jesus gives us the clue to this answer a little later in the chapter. He says in verse 26, for for how we are to respond in the right way to this. He says this, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. 
Do you see what's happening here? Jesus is saying, and listen to what he says, the fruitfulness and growth of the gospel that happens in our hearts is not a result of human activity, but a result of the power of God. The result of the initiative of God, the work of God in our hearts, the gracious, merciful activity of God to give us a new heart, to create good soil, and to place his gospel deposit in our heart and water it and bring about its fruitfulness. In other words, no seed grows because the sower wills it to grow. No seed grows because the sower demands it to grow. The earth produces it by itself. Man doesn't make it grow. It grows by the power unto itself. He tells us that the answer is not found in our ability to be good soil, but rather our ability to receive from Him, to welcome Him, to listen to Him. During quarantine, we've, we've had the great joy, uh, myself and the kids, of planting a garden and tending to a garden in, uh, outside in our yard. And it's going great. It's been three, four weeks now, and it is sprouting, beginning to bear fruit, uh, beginning to flower. It is doing amazing. We wait eagerly to see the abundant harvest that we pray will come from this. But that's not how it started. Uh, that's not how any f- garden grows. Uh, it doesn't begin with joy. It begins with great anticipation and hope and intention. And one of my kids came, I, I believe it was my son, right when we planted and we watered. He said, how long before we start to th- see things sprout up? And I said, well, it's, it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be about 7 to 14 days. And he, he kind of looks off and, and then he looks at me and says, hmm, how about five days? Let's do five days. And I said, that's not how this works. Uh, We can't demand it to grow. We can't will for it to grow. There is a process that is out of our control. We do not, it brings forth fruit. This is the picture of the gospel. It is like a seed that grows, not because we will ourselves to grow. It is not because we say to ourselves, do better, be a better Christian, stop making mistakes, have a greater faith, be less legalistic, be more holy, be a better mother, be a more present father, be a more patient person, honor God more. It doesn't come from us gaining the willpower to be the people that God desires us to be. That's not how the gospel works. It grows by the work of the Spirit, which is purely by the work of God's grace. The seed grows in good soil. And the soil is good because of the supernatural work of God. What is our role? We are to welcome the gospel with listening ears. Not merely as an idea or a set of moral imperatives. We are to welcome it as a person. Because we are welcoming a person into our life. Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God and the gospel is introduced to us as a person, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why this is such good news. It is good news because it does not matter how uninterested you have been in the gospel or how shallow you have been in your listening or how divided you have been in your worship of God. When we welcome Christ, and respond to his gospel invitation. He brings new life. The framing of this parable indicates the only thing left for us to do 
as Jesus tells this story, is to welcome him. To welcome him, to accept him, to be with a full heart, come listening to his words. Growing in the gospel is not a matter of what we can make of ourselves or what we can become in ourselves. It is a matter of trusting in God's ability to bring about his purposes for us. Do you believe that? Have you welcomed the good news of his purposes for you? That in spite of all of your uninterested listening, in spite of your divided life, of your dualistic living, in spite of your shallow pursuit of God and your failure to be the person he's called you to be, in spite of all that, he still comes to you with a promise of life, forgiveness, hope, and restoration. Jesus is the sower, but he is also the seed. He is the living seed that takes root in a hardened heart and breaks through the surface of the earth like it's granite. And he brings life and forgiveness and love. And he does this the only way a seed does grow, by going into the ground and dying. You know that's how a seed grows. It goes into the ground, it dies, it gets ripped apart, and it decomposes only to bring forth life. The gospel's for everyone and every day and every moment. And when Jesus goes to the cross, and he says, you don't understand what I am doing now, but you will understand later. And then he reaches out his hands and he dies on the cross and he's buried and he raises to new life. And he gives the Holy Spirit the deposit of our hope and salvation into our hearts. And then they say, now I know what you did. You had to die so that the truth could come into my heart. Bring about new life. Are you welcoming him? Are you listening? Do you hear him speaking to you today to trust in him, to confess a sin, to confess a habit of listening that has been marked by shallowness, divided listening, or even uninterested and dismissive heart? Do you seek forgiveness today? Well, what will you do with those feelings? Will you harden your heart? Will you dismiss him? Will you brush it off? Will you debate in your own head and have an argument with yourself for all the reasons why it doesn't seem reasonable to trust and follow Jesus? Or will you listen to him and welcome him and bring, to bring about his purposes in you? If you do, he, it will result in a massive degree of fruitfulness and joy, forgiveness and hope. You will have the life that, he, that you have always desired, the life that belongs to him. Welcome him. Listen to him and have ears to hear.